0: If people or when people take responsibility for their own health and don't rely on a pill or an injection, I think they're gonna find they're gonna be much healthier and much happier.
1: Hello, this is Dr. Deva Nagula. Welcome to From Doctor to Patient, where our goal is to bring you topics of discussion that will educate you on the various healing modalities to help balance the mind, body, and spirit. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of From Doctor to Patient. Today I have Dr. Greenstein with us. Dr. Greenstein is the CEO of Kaizo Health Companies, a multi-location chiropractic, rehabilitation and wellness practice. He is also the founder of the Kaizo Clinical Research Institute, a 501c3 which runs clinical studies to identify best practices. Dr. Greenstein is immediate past chairman for the Clinical Compass and the Federation of International Chiropractic Do Sports World Olympian Scholarship Program chairman. Dr. Greenstein is also the CEO of Kaiser Novate, a technology and consulting firm that helps doctors of chiropractic grow their practices through technology. Dr. Greenstein is a sought out international speaker and consultant, teaching clinical guidelines, leadership, and the business management. Dr. Greenstein sits on multiple advisory boards in healthcare and technology. Dr. Greenstein is also a very good and dear friend of mine. Jay, how are you today? Jeeva, what's happening, great to see you. Uh, Thanks for being on this podcast. So how are you today and how's business going during this uh, COVID era? We're in this midst of of social restrictions and stay at home orders. How are you doing with, with business in your arena? Yeah,
0: I mean, it's been a super interesting ride, Diva, because um, this is, you know, I feel an opportunity for us to rethink, rebuild, restart our company, and we can find ways to innovate and do things differently and do things better coming out of this. Our in-office visits are significantly down. We're only seeing patients that are very acute, um, but the telehealth platform that we're using and the services that we're providing through that has exploded. Um, we're doing more telehealth consults every single day, every single week. And so that's been a great way to connect with our patients and make sure that they're getting some of the services. Obviously we can't adjust them and do all the good manual therapy through a telehealth consult, but um, we can do other things like provide guidance for exercise, do evaluations, do reevaluations. Um, identify sources of pain, functional deficiencies, et cetera. And so we're able to really connect with our patients in ways that they've never experienced before. And I think that's been a, that's been a huge positive.
1: That's, that's fantastic. And I know it's, it's, uh, you guys are, are, are essential business, right? So your, your doors are, have remained right. open. Are you seeing a drop in volume of patients because of fear of exposure and in that nature? 100%.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, our in-office visits are down. And the main thing is that people, you know, are concerned about contracting COVID and we understand that. Um, So, you know, it's really all about what's best for the patient. And so if we can provide, you know, support and services for them where they feel comfortable, you know, getting something like a telehealth consult at home, then um, we're doing everything we can to keep our patients healthy and, you know, at least maintain a level of function for them and a level of connection between us and, and them.
1: Do you find that when we truly get out of this COVID era, do you find that your business is going to be changed?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're, we're talking about ways that we can rethink, rebuild, restart our company all the time, and this is no different. Um, we're finding ways to innovate, we're finding ways to be more efficient and more effective, um, identifying ways that we can drive clinical outcomes to an even greater degree. So I think there's lots of opportunity coming out of this. This is a new experience, but As you know, my friend, um, this is all about how we, our mindset, this is about how we experience life. And if we are focused on the problem, it's really hard to be creative and innovate. But if we're focused on how we can be better coming out of it, then great things happen. And I've had amazing conversations and meetings with people on my team, and we have great initiatives coming out of this that I think will help, help us do a better job serving our patient population and serving the community
1: at large. It's really interesting and I and I understand where you're coming from because when you look at a, a perspective of a problem and you're faced it with fear and anxiety, you're very less likely to have a really good solution. But if you take it head on and you have a team that does not have that fear or anxiety, you're likely to solve that problem and come out way ahead. And I feel that you've demonstrated that with what you're going through. And I feel that for me, I personally, this happened to me, you know, I, I actually run a um, IV hydration concierge business. And I immediately had some issues with fear and anxiety because I was worried about the business uh, actually surviving and I didn't know if it was going to. But I said to myself, let's just find, you know, let's just stop being anxious about the business. And let's see if we can't think of other solutions. So I came up with this pivot um, to start offering the COVID test and antibody testing. And I felt that that was a really good, unique way to still allow my nurses to go out to the field and do some work and get paid and still offer services to clients that really need it. Um, so I, I yeah. agree with you. And I, I'm so, I'm so really happy to hear about how your team is, is really looking forward and not really having to face fear and anxiety. And you guys are all coming together to come up with solutions.
0: Yeah, I'm incredibly blessed. I mean, I've got just an unbelievable team and they're committed Um, They've all taken pay cuts. We have all taken pay cuts. Um, Their level of commitment has um, been like unbelievable. And they don't even talk about the pay or anything like that. They're so focused, you know, on our mission and what we're trying to accomplish where we can, you know, truly, you know, inspire and empower a healthier, happier world and what needs to change into your great term pivot um, in order to do that even better coming out of this. So there's lots of work to do. I don't know that I've ever worked harder, which is kind of (laughs) crazy because it's like we're seeing less patients, but I'm working even harder. I didn't (laughs) know that was possible, but um, it it still is a great learning experience. You know, you and I were blessed because we got to see Ryan Holiday at the cadre event, and one of the best books I've ever read and got me through some really hard times is The Obstacle Is the Way. And you know, the obstacle is the path, right? Now that's our path, so let's embrace it and let's see what we can do with it to really make a huge difference in the world.
1: Yeah, that's, that's incredible. and I, I'm really interested to see how the telehealth uh, is going to be a big part of your practice, because I think, in my mind, I think medicine in general, I think it's gonna take a huge uh, shift, and I also feel that we're gonna take a paradigm shift in how medicine is going to be practiced, not from an administrative and structural perspective, but also how we deliver health. Um, I think we're going to be in, uh, going into a new era where medicine is going to be looked at in a preventative sense. I think more and more people are going to be are going to empower themselves and not want to be a victim. And we're seeing that over and over again that people are really expressing their their anxieties and their fears about their health. And these are people who are actually being treated with medications and they're still having issues with their overall health. And what's, what's, what I've seen is that people are not um, uh, having their, the root cause addressed. So they're just being slapped with the medication or with, with some other treatment option that really doesn't address the, the root problem. And I feel that the shift that we're going to see is going to be where people want to be more interested in preventative care. And um, I, I can't wait for that because, as you know, I, I really espouse the ideas of functional medicine and integrative medicine. And, um, you know, I came from an, a traditional Western-based um, medical practice and mindset, but I've shifted because of my own personal health. Do, do, you, do you kind of see that, that paradigm shift occurring?
0: Um, I'm typically an optimistic person, and I hope you are right. Um, and, and, you know, you very well Maybe I I have a little bit of skepticism that the system is going to move in that direction. Um, I think there's, I think there's so much money at stake that it's hard for the system to really, you know, move this battleship. I I think it, but what you're doing and what you've done with your book and what you're doing with your podcast is really getting the message out to the masses. So if we're talking about, you know, people being empowered and them taking responsibility for their own health, yes, I see that more and more. Do I see the system embracing that in a way that really can accelerate that progress? Um, Unfortunately, no, but we can start somewhere. Right. And and what you're doing, I think, and again, with your amazing book and your podcast is really starting to educate people, a grassroots effort to create change at the, at the end user, so to speak, because if people or when people take responsibility for their own health and don't rely on a pill or an injection, I think they're going to find they're going to be much healthier and much happier.
1: I totally agree with you. And when we talk about statistics, um, of our society, you know, we're understanding why we see so much disease, uh, specifically chronic disease like cancer. Um, and the, the statistic is like we are actually in a state where we see 70% of people across the country that are considered overweight and obese. And this is really awful. And on top of that, we're seeing one out of every two people that are considering as pre-diabetic. And in this case of, of COVID, You know, obesity is a risk factor for people that we see that are dying from from the virus. And we have to address this because if we don't address this, it's going to really cause a lot of stress on our medical system. And we really need to address it at this point so that we can save dollars in the future. And obesity, as you know, is a a driver of inflammation. And by having so much inflammation in our bodies, it's actually a a driver to uh, chronic disease. So we really need to find strategies instead of just popping a pill and, and reducing blood pressure or popping a pill to treat diabetes. We really still need to tell these patients to, well, let's reduce the weight. Let's talk about the diet. Let's talk about other issues such as um, strategies to reduce stress and such as mindfulness strategies whether it's meditating or my body exercises. So I really feel that all that is at least the conversations I'm hearing about people are, are are talking about that more and more which is a start. Whether it's going to change the system in general probably not very soon but at least the conversation is happening. So I'm I'm really pleased about that.
0: You know, it's really it's really interesting because it, a lot of a lot of what could be done within the system, you know, we talk about yes the masses need to understand this and I think they're getting a greater understanding but the system needs to incentivize good behavior and it doesn't. I mean, if they were, if, if the, if the healthcare system wanted to create good behavior, they would attach financial incentives to patients doing the right thing. And right now that's not happening and certainly not to the degree that it needs to happen. Um, in our world, you know, one insurance company said, you know, if you go to the chiropractor, the first three ri- visits are no copay. And they're smart people, and I've seen their data, like millions of data points over several years as it relates to, you know, portal of entry for spine care. And what they realize is you go see a chiropractor, an evidence-based chiropractor, as the first provider seen for non-operative spine care, and the total cost of care is the lowest across the board. So they can get folks moving that direction by by eliminating their copay for the first three visits instead of going to a higher-priced provider. That are going to multiple providers that really can't fix their problem, then the insurance company wins. And most importantly, the patient wins. Right. Um, and also, with, with that, the system wins. But there needs to be a lot more of that diet, exercise, functional nutrition that needs to be incentivized for us to actually make change at yeah. scale.
1: I agree. I mean, healthcare should be practiced that's outcome driven, right? And, and not incentivized for ordering more diagnostic tests or having the patient come more frequently to your office and, to, and bill them yeah. for each visit. So no, it should be outcome driven. And, and by that, I mean like, well, you're getting paid more for having a, a person that's achieving blood pressures that are normal without the use of, of antihypertensive medication. So that should be a point that is in the favor uh, of the physician. And, and a person should be dinged if they're not following that outcome uh, strategy. Yeah. Great. Hey, Dr. Diva here. Thank you to all my listeners who supported my book and helped to make it a huge success. You all have helped us hit number one in Barnes and Noble, number one in oncology, cancer, healing, and medical ebooks, and number twenty-one in all of the Kindle store. You've also helped us hit number three on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. If you haven't received your copy, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or booksatmillion.com. Visit from doctor2patient.com to to become part of our growing community of health and wellness aficionados and to learn more. If you like our book and podcast, please go to amazon.com to write a five-star review and go to Apple Podcasts to also write a five-star review on this podcast or any of our episodes that you've enjoyed. We need reviews to attract and secure top-notch guests for this show. Thank you so much for your support. Also, I, I kind of want to talk about um, some things that we're seeing uh, during our um, stay-at-home restrictions. A lot of people are working from home. And like me, I'm often sitting at my desk for hours on the day, you know, doing podcasts or, or researching or or, or doing conferences or whatever. And I find that if I'm doing this and I'm conscious of it, and I know that this is not the ideal thing, many other people are probably doing the same thing. Um, and unfortunately, this causes problems in our body with, with posture, with stress um, in our bodies um, from sitting for prolonged periods of time. Um, as a chiropractor, are you like seeing some of these issues um, pop up through your telehealth conferences?
0: Yeah, we are. I mean, we've got lots of folks that are complaining about neck stiffness, upper back stiffness, low back pain, hip tightness. I mean, all the things that you would expect to see with people that are sitting for long periods of time. And there are ways that we can engage with patients. There are things that the audience can do that that are listening right now that are really simple ways to get moving again you know in our world we we say movement is medicine right diva like movement is medicine we got to we got to get people moving and so um you know i think about a, a few things that are really really important the first thing is ergonomics um you know very simple things that we can do with our computers and our laptops and our sitting position that can help us actually improve our posture so for instance the middle of the computer screen being at eye level. You know, if you've got a laptop and you don't have like an external keyboard or external mouse, and you need to raise up your laptop with a couple of books and order, a, you know, a laptop and, a, and an external mouse from Amazon for, you know, $9. And that's going to help improve your posture and decrease the probability of you having pain and stiffness. Another thing is just, you know, your sitting posture, right? So your sitting posture needs to be, think you need to be thinking about almost like a string on the top of your head pulling your head up keeping your head erect and your shoulders over your hips and your hips and knees bent between 70 and 90 degrees so that's like the ergonomic situation we also want people to get up out of their seats every 30 minutes and just move around we know how the body is designed and if we the longer we sit in or the longer we remain in any position quite frankly the more stiffness there is specifically in the spine. So we need to be moving. So getting up every 30 minutes is really important. There's great apps, (laughs) excuse me, great apps for that. There's, you know, you can set your timer on your phone, but just get up every 30 minutes. And then the last thing for the audience to know is like, there are simple but effective exercises that people can do at home um, that can help, you know, stimulate their muscles and decrease stiffness and improve mobility. And so, you know, we have, we have all kinds of content online. You can check us out at Kaizo Health, um, but tons and tons of content that people can, you know, use and improve their mobility and decrease their stiffness and, and reduce the probability for having not just stiffness, but, but pain and having future pain as well.
1: Uh, it's, that's an awesome idea, um, concept. And I think that's really important. And you're able to convey this through telehealth. So it's not like you need to see the person and evaluate them and touch them. These are all things that are going on because of the complaints of people that are expressing them. They're commonplace across the board. Um, and these are natural yeah. things that we're seeing from people who sit even at their workstation on a regular basis, even before COVID even existed. So um, are there any um, other like, uh, tools that you can advise? Like what about those, um, those stand-up desks? Are you a big proponent of that?
0: Great, A great point. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of stand up desks. I think they're great. Again, you don't want to remain in any one posture for a long period of time, but it's, it's the movement, it's the change in posture that can be extremely helpful. So yes, huge fan of stand up desks. Um, I actually really like, as long as you maintain proper posture, I really like sitting on a Swiss ball, one of those, you know, rubber exercise mm-hmm. balls. I think those can be really, really great. We can engage our core. We can um, improve our posture as long as we're consciously aware of it. But I, I, I love, I love that. There's also a super cool product called QB. We're actually running a clinical trial through our research foundation on this product. But it's like, it's like a little mini bike. It's just pedals. And so you can actually yeah. sit at your desk, yeah. right? And you can pedal and you're burning calories, calories. and That's you're awesome. and you're staying mobile. You're moving your lower extremities. So there's many, many things that you can do. Like for me over the weekend, in between the things that I was doing for work, I was doing exercise sets. So I do a little bit of work, get up, do a few sets of some exercises, and then go back to work. So I'm achieving multiple goals there, right? Not in one position for too long. My ergonomics are already set because my computer screen is set up the right way. But I'm getting some exercise and doing things that I can, where I can stimulate my joints, my muscles, my my heart rate, um, and and really feel so much better at the end of the day because I'm doing those things as opposed to just sitting in one position for eight or 10 hours.
1: Yeah. Do you find that um, I don't know if you've measured, but are you burning calories when you're using that uh, pedometer?
0: So yeah, I mean, there are there have already been clinical studies that look at um, calorie burn, and yes, not only do you burn calories during, but you burn more calories afterwards as well, which is super cool. So um, we're doing a larger scale larger scale study, and I can't really talk about the results, but but um, I think what we're going to find is this: it's another really innovative. Thing that we can do for people that are sitting at their desk, like you said, even post-COVID. It's, yeah. a, it's a really great tool.
1: Yeah. And, and another thing that I've also noticed for me is, um, well, another, one of the tools that I actually purchased from your office was a lumbar roll. And um, I'm actually using it right now because it, it actually forces me to stay more erect and my body's stacked over my hips properly. So I'm engaging my core instead of slumping over and slouching and getting that rounded back. Um, and so this yep. is really great for me because it builds up my core strength and I'm able to sit in an, an appropriate posture while I'm on the computer for, you know, 30 minutes at a time. Because I know as you were talking, well, I need to change my, my motions, um, and, and so for what I am standing or sitting in my desk, uh, I'm actually able to um, educate my body and, and, and perform uh, a proper posture technique.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, the ability for us to just engage muscles even for a brief period of time while sitting can really help us uh, improve mobility, decrease stiffness, and reduce the probability of pain.
1: Yeah. Another thing that I've been doing while I've been sitting is that I, I recently have been doing some research and I had a great uh, conversation on a previous podcast about red light therapy. And I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of red light therapy. You know, it's got so many benefits, you know, in, in, including like combating the effects of our constant barrage of, of blue light exposure. And that's from our screens. And uh, it also, you know, it's, it's a great way of, of kind of like introducing our bodies to proper light instead of artificial light because the red light mimics um, the effects of the sunlight. And uh, it, it, I've been using it regularly, and it seems to be since I've been using red light while I'm working that I actually fall asleep easier at night because it stimulates melatonin production there today. And so when the evening rolls around, I'm appropriately stimulated to sleep instead of being wired awake because of the exposure of all the blue light and the screens and the artificial lights in my house. That's one of the other things that I have been used to as a hack to, to, to get me through this because I'm sitting at my desk for so long.
0: That's phenomenal. I'm going to have to check that out. I saw we were on a zoom, you know, last week together with some other fellow cadre members and I, we saw you using it and it looked really <laughs> cool. So I got to yeah. check it out Yeah, for
1: sure. Absolutely. And I, That's really, I'm I'm really impressed with all of the, uh, um, with with you, with your um, display of research. And is there anything else that you can discuss without revealing that's in the pipeline?
0: Sure. Yeah. We actually just got uh, a multi-year, multi-million dollar grant from NIH, and we're studying the effect of vibration and both heat and cold on acute and chronic pain. Uh, Our principal investigator is someone, her name is Amy Baxter. She's a Pediatric emergency room physician and um, she's phenomenal. She's also an entrepreneur. She's been on Shark Tank. Uh, when I saw her on Shark Tank, I actually just reached out to her through LinkedIn. And I said, <laughs> hey, we have a research institute. If you want to study your, the effects of your product, let us know. Um, and we, connect, you know, we connected just for you know, a few communications back and forth. And two years later, she reached out to me and said, hey, we're ready to do a study. Do you want to be our clinical site? And we're like, wow. absolutely. Yeah. So that's super exciting. And, and again, there's, and she's, you know, very well versed in vibration and the specific frequencies that block pain stimulus into the cord and into the brain. And so she knows it really well, and it's, it's a very well-designed product. So uh, another innovative product that can really change pain management for the better. You know, we are both aligned in, you know, decreasing injections, decreasing opioid prescriptions. Um, and so that really is, a, is an exciting project. I just published a paper in Pain Medicine, which is the Journal of the American Academy of Pain Management. And um, that was an awesome study that was over 100,000 subjects. So it was a big data study. And it looked at the impact of chiropractic care on opioid prescriptions. And what we found is that uh, for patients who saw a chiropractor, the likelihood of them receiving an opioid prescription was one and a half times to two times less. And so when it comes... yeah. I mean, that's a huge order of magnitude, right? So like when it comes to changing policy, and as you were talking about earlier, like changing what has to happen in healthcare today, you know, we really hope that will help move the needle Mm -hmm. to help patients understand how we can provide natural evidence-based alternatives to their pain. And, you know, I know you're an expert in functional medicine, and it's an area that I'm learning a bit more about with our mutual friend, Cindy, but, you know, you know, there are so many other things that people can utilize on the nutrition side that can help people decrease pain and inflammation, yes?
1: Correct, 100%. Uh, there's numerous tech, uh, modalities that we can we can discuss, which I've discussed in many podcasts before, but yeah, exercise is one of them, and, and proper nutrition, uh, eating a right balanced diet and, and staying away from processed foods, um, and even other modalities like mindfulness um, and reducing the amount of stress that's in your system, um, things like spiritual enlightenment, such as expressing gratitude, and, and establishing connection with other people, there's a lot of things that can reduce inflammation and promote uh, well-being. Um, you yeah. were talking about this vibrational study that uh, you, you know that you were involved in. It kind of reminds me. Right now, we're stuck at home, and a lot of people use a licensed massage therapist to get massages um, to, rel- to relieve tension, to to loosen up muscles, to elongate tissue. Um, I've actually been using, um, a product, which is, um, which actually kind of is, um, it's called hypervolt. So it's like a jackhammer that provides this vibrational and, uh, uh, sense, sense to my body and actually breaks up. Are you a fan of that? And if, if, if not, I mean, is there another product that we can use to simulate massage?
0: So this was not set up at all. I want the audience to know this, but yes, I'm a huge fan of Hypervolt and we are, they're one of our strategic partners. So um, we're <laughs> evaluating the effectiveness of Hypervolt as well. And it's an awesome, awesome product. So yes, I'm a huge fan. And it's a great, great way to provide soft tissue treatment and especially self-administered soft tissue treatment that can be very clinically
1: effective. Yeah. And I, I, funny. It's, Small world. I, I, I had no idea. I'm a, I've been using this product for almost a year and a half and I use it regularly after workouts, before workouts to get my tissue ready um, before yeah. working out, and then I use it afterwards to, to eliminate some of those tightness um, that I, I've accumulated through working out. So I, I'm sure there's plenty of benefits from the the, the, the uh, application of this. But while we're sitting at home, you know, I mean, I've been missing going to my massage therapist two to three times, uh, two three times a month. Or I'm sorry, uh, every, two or three times like every other month. But um, what's really cool is that now I've used this. I don't, when we go back to regular style, uh, post COVID, I won't, I won't need to go to the massage therapist that often because I've been taking care of my body using the tools in my house. And I've been also using the foam roller. So it's like, I, I'm actually saving money by using stuff that I have at home that are very inexpensive and actually, um, provide just as much uh, relief.
0: So, Diva, I'm so glad that you mentioned foam rolling too, because that that is another really, really effective, evidence-based tool to improve range of motion for patients. And actually, uh, there's been several studies by a researcher named Dave Baim, who's up at Memorial University up in Newfoundland, Canada, and um, you know he looked at the impact of foam rolling on flexibility. And, and what he found is that it's way more effective than static stretching. I won't bore the audience with the details and nerd out on it, but The bottom line is is that it's way more effective than static stretching and actually if you're an athlete it's something that you really want to do prior to competition because you can increase range of motion without decreasing muscular performance where static stretching will decrease muscular performance so i'm so glad that you mentioned foam rolling because it's a great tool and it's awesome for spine mobility too just rolling your spine out especially your mid back your thoracic spine with your arms overhead can increase thoracic extension, which can decrease stress on the cervical spine on your neck. So love, love, love foam rolling.
1: Oh, that's awesome. I think we've just given our, our listeners a bunch of tips to really uh, help their bodies while they're sitting at desk for prolonged periods. So uh, Jay, how can people find you on, on, the, on the internet or um, at, through your office?
0: Sure. So our, our website is www.kaizo, K-A-I-Z-O dash or hyphen health, H-E-A-L-T-H dot com. And then you could just reach me if you have any questions. I'm more than happy to help. It's D-R-J-A-Y, Dr. J at dot com. So yeah, always willing and happy to help anybody that we can.
1: Jay, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. And these are some great tips that uh, I'm, I was so happy that we could be discussing today.
0: Well, thanks for inviting me, man. I enjoyed it. I always always love hanging out with
1: you, brother. (laughs) Until next time, man. Take care. Absolutely. Take it easy.